Welcome to Seth Backstage Pass, a platform powered by the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival. I am Najla Al-Mitfah, and I am the CEO of the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Center. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? That is the question that my favorite poet, Mary Oliver, asks in her poem, The Summer Day. Are you an unsettled dreamer who knows you are meant for more? An entrepreneur who doesn't know where to start? Or perhaps an artist looking for your authentic voice? If this is you, then this is where you belong. Now think of this podcast as the behind-the-scenes pass to the festival experience. The inspiring talks from the keynote speakers, the thought-provoking conversations, and a glimpse into the magic that makes this festival truly special. Here, you will be joining our exceptional guests as they share their personal journeys, the changemakers who abandon the limitations that others set for them and let only their ambitions dictate what is possible. This is not just a place to get inspired. It is a community that you will relate to and a platform that will share real strategies and tools to get you closer to answering that question. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? You know, the funny thing is I can't tell anybody how are you nowadays without them saying, how am I or how am I really doing? So it became a, you know, an awkward thing sometimes. But I think it's also a blessing to be able to ask people sincerely uh, a, such a simple question. I'm saying all of this before we start. But I think it's really important to, to realize how the, one of the most basic, 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 simple questions, if asked with the right intention, how, you know, if you just ask yourself, not even somebody asks you, and you just wake up, you know, like, how, how am I doing? And you just take three seconds to think about it. It's a good question, I think. Okay. So today, uh, we're going to talk about what makes you tick. Now, this is a very, I don't know, it's a, it's a vague statement. We, we say it casually, and uh, some people understand it in a different way. So I thought, you know what? First of all, let's try to define what is it. What does it mean when we say what makes you tick? Is it, uh, for example, you know, the tick that goes into dogs and our hair and all of that? Or is it a clock that ticks? And what makes it tick and what makes it move? And I think it's a very, very important um, question that I think everybody naturally asks themselves. So to give you generally an idea, I'm going to read this out. The definition has many different variables, right? It can be asking yourself what drives you. It can be asking yourself what's your purpose. It can be what's your passion. It can be what feeds your spirit. All of these fall onto the umbrella of trying to find out what makes you tick. And I think this is an ongoing journey that we all want to understand what is it we should be doing? What is our hobby supposed to be our profession? Are we in the right profession? Are we actually enjoying our job or we can't wait for five o'clock to happen so that we can punch out and just leave? So I think it's an extremely crucial question that we all ask ourselves. So let, let me help you and help myself. Some of the questions that can help us understand what makes us tick is what, what fulfills you? 
And you should ask this question all the time. It's an ever-going question. What makes you feel valuable? Because human beings, naturally, and I also use this sometimes in the interviews, we naturally want to feel valuable, that we are of value, that we mean something. So that's why, and I love explaining this because we've all been there. Do you know when, uh, when you're a child, you know, you, you do something, let's say you do a cartwheel or you draw something and then you run to your, to your parent and you're like, look, and then they're like, fantastic. And it's like, you're, you're such a good boy. And you feel special as a child. You feel special because your father or your mother just complimented you. So every time you would do something, you feel valuable because they suddenly complimented you. You show them a medal or a drawing or whatnot. So it is in us. It's not optional that we need to feel valuable. So then you ask yourself, what makes you feel valuable? What makes you feel of worth in this world? When you do it, you feel, okay, I feel good about myself. Another question, what gives your life meaning? So you can see all of these questions in parallel can help you reach something that you should be doing. What makes you tick on a daily basis? And this is so important because if you're not doing something that you enjoy or that you're passionate about, which is your fuel, you'll hate your life eventually. You'll become miserable or you're bored or you're not enjoying it anymore. And it's so important to be doing something you love because I think also Steve Jobs something, said something along those lines that you have to do something you're really passionate about because otherwise you wouldn't keep doing it because you have every reason not to. Even your friends, even your family would say, why are you working so hard? You know, why, why do you do this? You don't need to do this. But when you're passionate about some, something, only passionate people who are doing something they're passionate about will understand what you're going through. And that's when you're working extra hours, you're working late night, and you don't feel it's work. It's not a job. But when you feel it's a job and it's homework and it's annoying, then that is already a flag that you're probably doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Another question is, what is something when you do, you lose track of time? I think this is very important. For example, let's say somebody likes uh, fashion. So you see them on Google, you see them watch YouTube videos, and they're like, oh my God, time just, just finished. And it finished because you were enjoying it. You're enjoying doing something that you, it doesn't feel like time. So I think these bunch of questions and many more would help you, help you find what you want. Um, before I go into this one, I think an, a very important point is we expect to figure out what we want very early. And this is an extreme misconception and a very dangerous expectation of ourselves. For example, let's say there is a young child at eight years old. He's a good footballer. His parents realize he's a good footballer. They put him in the right club and suddenly he became a football star after 10 years. So we would look at that person and be like, wow, look, he figured out what he wants to do all of his life and it worked out and now he's a star or a singer or an actor or an artist or an engineer. But what is the percentage of that? And I think this is very important. That is a minority. Only a very small portion of the world 
figure out what they're passionate about or what they should do for the rest of their life early. But what we do as people is we start to think that we need to be that. We also need to figure it out now at 16, at 18, at 24. But that's not normal. The normal is you have to do trial and error. Because in those specific limited cases, those people had a certain environment that they tried something and it was obvious that they were good at it. They had a certain parent or friend or coach that took that talent and put it in the right direction. So everything had to fall in line for them to become you know, early uh, founders of what they should be doing. But that's where I think we need to chill. It's okay. You know, you'll figure it out if you do trial and error. And trial and error is so important. And for me, I always push people to be triers, if that's even a word. Be a trier. For example, I have a big issue with people who don't try. If somebody comes and says, uh, I don't want to go to this restaurant. It sucks. I'm like, okay, did you try it? No, but it sucks. I'm like, okay, you didn't try it. Try it, then tell me it sucks. Then I'll respect your opinion. Or you meet some, you don't even meet somebody. You see somebody from far or on social media, you're like, I can't stand this person. They're so annoying. I hate them. They're so arrogant. I'm like, did you try to meet them? No, but they suck. Eh, did you try to meet them? So you, as human beings, we all do this. We prejudge. We label. We see a few pictures on social media, we judge. We hear from our friends, we judge. About a restaurant, about a job, about a human being, we do that naturally. But if we just give ourselves a chance to say, let me try this thing first. Maybe I like it. Maybe I won't like it. But at least I try. And when you try, then you have every right to, to make your own assessment and your own opinion of something. Something that was also, I think, missing in the phrase trial and error is that there's success. Because we always say trial and error, trial and error. And I was just thinking about this when I was doing this presentation very late at night. And I was like, why don't we say trial and error and success? You know, you do trial and error, yes, but why does it have to end at a negative word? Because when you keep trying, by any sense of logic, whether you're 30, 20, 50, 60, at some point, something will click, something will tick, right? I think that's a, a basic logic. So I think by trial and error, you'll end up finding something that works. So, and there's another thing that I, today I want a lot of people just to, to chill with themselves, to lessen the pressure on themselves. So sometimes it might be difficult to find what you want, which I think is a general problem or challenge. However, in the meantime, you know, while you're trying, it's a blessing to get to know what you don't want. And this can be in uh, a husband or wife. This can be at work. This can be with food. This can be with your hobby. I think it's important the more you learn and explore and travel, you start to know what you don't want. So you're like, this country I don't like. I've been there. It didn't do it for me. I didn't like the people. Okay, I didn't like the food. I didn't like the culture. Uh, this kind of job I tried. And for me personally, I tried, guys. I really tried. I tried oil and gas, philanthropy, football, uh, bu um, building buildings. So I tried, which is normal. And it's okay. You try. You give it your all. 
And if you don't like it at the end or you think this is not for me, at least you tried. So I think it is a huge blessing to meet friends and know what kind of friends suit you and what don't. What kind of jobs suit you and what doesn't. Another chilling point is what makes you tick today doesn't necessarily mean it should make you tick later. What works for you today doesn't mean it has to automatically work till you're 95. Passions evolve. Passions change. And it's okay. It's fine. And I think this is such an important point that because, for example, also coming back to the psychology of us being human beings, we get attached. So let's say you have a best friend and you spent many years with this best friend. But then you traveled, let's say, and studied somewhere and you came back and you're a different person. You've evolved, you've learned, you've explored. And you try to hang out with this friend that you knew from high school and it's not clicking anymore. And you start to feel guilty. Like, oh my God, you know, this is the person that, you know, we were friends for 10 years and we can't hang out. And you start feeling guilty and ashamed of yourself. And it, But if we start to learn that, it's fine, you know, you changed, you evolved, and what suited you, it's like wearing the shorts that you bought 20 years ago, and you're like, it doesn't fit me anymore, it doesn't look nice on me anymore, of course it doesn't look nice on you anymore. So I think this is another thing that we need to be very okay with. So before, my presentations are usually short because I know the attention span of people now is not as, uh, as long as we want to, although... The interviews did prove that people don't mind um, long form, which, I, which is a big compliment. But I like to leave with a question. I like to leave with something that will make everybody at least think. I want to provoke your thought. So, this is the question I'm telling everybody, okay? So hypothetically, but try to think of it realistically. If I gave you Enough money to last you the next 500 years of your life. Okay, not your life, but, you know, kids, kids, kids' life. So, I gave you enough money to last you 500 years. So, that's a lot of money. But you had one condition, one. And you had to choose a job that you do till you die. That's the condition. Think about it. It doesn't have to be right now. Just think about this. And the answer is probably what you should be doing. Thank you. And you, thank you for tuning into the Seth Backstage Pass podcast. I hope you found today's episode insightful and that it inspired you to take action today. You owe it to yourself to make the best out of your one wild and precious life, whatever that may look like to you. The power of this community lies in your active involvement. If there are other topics you would like to learn about, please let us know. And if you have a friend that would benefit from an episode, make sure you pass this on to them. This is how we can all grow and evolve. Now, until the next episode, goodbye.